Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Fellow redeemed. These are familiar words of Jesus, and the lesson is very clear. The lesson is, make time for the word of God, because God's word is the one thing truly needed in life. But why teach that lesson to Christians? Presumably, Christians already know the lesson. In the same way, presumably, Martha Martha already knew that lesson. Martha, like her sister Mary and her brother Lazarus, was a devout Christian. Martha loved Jesus, recognized Jesus as her Lord and Savior, welcomed Jesus into her home, sincerely desired to serve Jesus. Martha was not a bad person. Martha was a distracted person, distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Her intentions were right. Her priorities were wrong. And that's why Jesus lovingly told Martha, 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 you're worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is needed. Do you and I need that same lesson from Jesus? Unquestionably. And that's because, just like Martha, we too face worries, distractions, and pressures that threaten to steal our time and attention away from the Word of God. What sort of distractions? Well, consider just our electronic age, the phone calls and text messages and voicemails and emails and Facebook and Twitter and Skype and Snapchat and all the electronic devices that go ping, pop, peep, and buzz day and night. How can we focus on anything? One of the greatest distractions that we have and Jesus referenced it, is worry. Martha, Martha, said Jesus, you're worried, upset about so many things. And the Greek word used in that verse for worried literally means to have a divided mind, to be indecisive and uncertain, to be torn in multiple directions. Oh, I have to do this. And then after that, I have to do something else. Isn't that what was happening to Martha as she raced from the kitchen to the dining table? You and I have many responsibilities in life. That's true. Going to school, earning a living, raising the family, rotating the tires, changing the oil, any number of responsibilities, and those are wholesome responsibilities. Some are more important than others. But the unavoidable, it's simply unavoidable question that Jesus raised in this text is just this. Are any of our responsibilities, our projects, our activities really more important than hearing the word of God? Jesus said no. Everything else is secondary. Why? Many reasons. Here are four. First, God's word is the one thing needed in life because, ready, God said so. God told that to Martha, 
And God is telling each one of us the same thing today. My word is the only thing truly needed in your life. And if you and I had no other reason for hearing the word of God, going to church or chapel or hearing the word in the classroom or in our personal devotions, that would be absolutely reason enough. Over my years of ministry, when people hurting people came for help, I always told them, you have to stay close to the word of God. And if they ever asked, well, why? I never said, because the pastor said so. I said, because God says so. It's right here in black and white. Jesus said his word is the one thing needed. More needed than fame and fortune, more needed than sports awards and academic degrees, more needed even than winning the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. Second, the word of God is the one thing needed because God blesses us richly through his word. Just one chapter later in Luke 11, Jesus says, blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. And in scripture, blessedness often has the connotation of happiness and fullness and completeness. Do you want happiness? Do you want to feel fulfilled and complete? Where should you turn? Where should you direct others? I'm not sure why this is the case, but sometimes I think we may actually view going to church as doing something, well, nice for God. There's nothing wrong with doing something nice for God. Martha, Martha did something nice for God when she cooked dinner that day. But that's not why we go to church. We don't go to church to do something nice for God. We go to church because through his holy word, he does something high and holy and powerful and comforting for each one of us. He strengthens our faith. He fills us with peace and joy and hope. He assures us of the forgiveness of sins in Christ. Third, the word of God is the one thing needed. Because through it, God gives us absolutely everything that we need for this life and the next. Everything. You know the passages as well as I do. Through his word, God creates saving faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Through his word, God bestows the wondrous gift of salvation. Paul told the Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for the what? For the salvation of everyone who believes. Through his word, God provides us with wisdom and direction. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, Psalm 119. Through his word, God reveals absolute truth. As opposed to all that wishy-washy moral relativism that we hear in society today. Jesus said, sanctify them through the truth. Your word is truth. And especially through his word, God reveals the only Savior needed, the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. At the end of John's gospel, he says this. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. Fourth, and finally, 
God's word is the one thing needed because it alone has the power to carry us through those difficult and dark hours. Maybe you've heard the expression, don't judge a book by its cover. But sometimes I think we do that with the Bible. As it's lying there on the coffee table, it looks so small and so weak. When I'm struggling, how can that book help me? When I have to go visit someone at a hospice or at a funeral home, what wisdom can that word give me to help those people amid sickness and death? Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten that by the word of the Lord were the heavens made? God spoke this universe into existence. Have we forgotten that through the word of the Lord, aged Abraham and barren Sarah were enabled to become the parents of nations? Have we forgotten how Jesus stood before that tomb of dead and buried Lazarus and with his word said, Lazarus, come forth. And at the power of that word, that's exactly what Lazarus did. To this very day, I think and I thank often for all the times that my dad made me sit on the living room sofa memorizing Bible passages for confirmation class. And I would complain every time, Ah, Dad, I've got better things to do. And you know what Dad would tell me? He'd say, No, you don't. There's nothing better that you have to do than to study the Word of God. And I thank him for that, and I thank God for that Word, because had it not been for that foundation, I know I would have not endured or overcome many circumstances in life. In the end... Listening to God's word or not, sitting at the feet of Jesus or not, making the word of God a priority in our life or not, is a choice as it was for Mary and Martha. And yet knowing the power, the properties and the blessings of God's word, tell me, why would we choose anything else? It's as Jesus told Martha, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her, nor will it be taken away from you. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 283, God's Word is Our Great Heritage.